it, it is different from conventional manufacturing where you have um, a very solid repeatability. Uh, there, there is much more variability. So that means that the standards will look different from what we are used to have from mechanical components that come from traditional uh, casting, machining and all of that. Kiora, I'm Troy, here as CEO and welcome to Stirring the Pot. Thanks for connecting. If you're new, here's what you can expect. We're going to be talking the tough stuff, the things that keep us metalheads up at night. There are many challenges facing our industry and equally many opinions on how we should tackle them. Stirring the Pot provides a facilitated forum to discuss and challenge these viewpoints. So let's get to the nuts and bolts of it. Today, we're talking with PhD in Materials Science and Engineering, Marie Salome duval Shaniak. She is currently re-entering a research master in engineering studies on sustainable resources recovery at the University of Auckland on their circular economy. In particular, she'll be investigating new pathways for the circularity of metallic materials from scrap to powders for additive manufacturing. Well, kia ora, Marie Salome. Um, I am so glad that you've also let me know that I can start calling you MS for short. Mm. So I am definitely delving down that track. I guess a really great place to start would be, maybe be if you could um, tell us a little bit more about yourself and your current research focuses. Yes. Uh, so my name is Marie Salome. Um, but you can call me Emis. Uh, I am originally from France, uh, but I lived in the UK prior to arrived here. I arrived here quite recently, actually, and uh, I also recently acquired some kind of um, an expertise around the topic of additive manufacturing of metallic materials. And uh, because I've always been very uh, driven by my values, I have tried to find ways to use this knowledge to contribute to a sustainable future. So I looked into the prospects around this process, additive manufacturing. I connected the dots. I tried to form a loop. And by that, I mean I formulated an hypothesis uh, that due to its specific abilities, the additive manufacturing process could be used as an innovative solution for repair, remanufacture and refurbish as a pillar of a circular economy model um, by, for example, by extending the lifetime of a product or by improving the disponibility of replacement parts closer to the end user or by uh, locally supporting a leasing business model. And if coupled with a responsible responsible sourcing of metallic uh, powders would fit the circular economy model perfectly. So to ensure that this idea made sense in a in, and in its impact on the environment, I wanted to learn to use tools such as life cycle assessment to quantify the viability of uh, this idea. So I wrote a research proposal and I reached out to um, the my now main supervisor, Associate Professor Said Baroussian, who very recently uh, opened a research center named CIRCUIT, uh, Circular um, Economy and Innovation, um, associated with the University and the Faculty of Engineering from the University of Auckland. I am as well co-supervised by Professor Ksungshu, who himself is uh, related to the Construction 4.0 program, and I've been met with very supportive industrial partners. So this is uh, an idea, but it's... it's not my idea, it's an idea that has been in the scientific community, community as a discussion topic for a while now. 
it's really a matter of timing, I suppose. So I started this project in July, so quite recently. And uh, during the course of the reading of the literature review, for example, I encountered other articles where other scientific have had the similar ideas. I have even a quotation for you, if ever that that interests you, uh, from an author that is named Giorgio. That sounds quite Italian to me, but I'm not <laughs> sure because the, the quotation goes as follows. Uh, what connection would be required between waste management infrastructure, additive manufacturing possibilities and responsible material sourcing to position Australia for success? So it was in uh, 2014. Uh, and uh, since then, I think we had new technical advances that allow us to connect those dots actually more easily now. So, um, yes, I'm investigating uh, that topic. Wow, that is super exciting. And I think actually you've mentioned the way in which we have been connected together uh, because Hira has recently started a research uh, program under the Endeavour Fund, which is focused on Industry 4.0 and um, in particular how it might uh, impact construction in Aotearoa, New Zealand, um, and I think that's probably how we've been looped in together through some of your professors who mm. are involved in that project and helping us to understand how the circular economy might be a part of that bigger picture. Mm. So it is really exciting um, research, and one of the things I love about it is how globally we're bringing together expertise and people like yourself who have an interest in understanding how these sorts of technologies might impact our industry more um, positively as well as how it could be beneficial to the environment as well. So it is super exciting. And I love that you're from France. Ah, you. <laughs> I, I actually lived in France for some time. Where? About four or five years I was living in France on the Côte d'Azur. Uh, yeah, on, on yes. Tibre. Oh. Um, so it, it makes me feel uh, nice to be sitting with you. It brings back very nice memories. Mm. Um, so I'm really interested uh, to delve a little bit deeper into some of what you've mentioned in particular in particular um, additive manufacturing I wonder um, for those who might be listening who are not quite familiar with the concept if you might be able to just explain that a little bit more for us so additive manufacturing and the one I'm interested in uh, also called 3d printing of metallic alloys so I'm focusing on metallic materials here um, we can even reduce the scope to metallic powders uh, because there's many different processes that have been studied over the course of the last decades that allow us to produce a component directly from a 3D CAD file. Um, it allows to produce complex design in a close to final accurate dimension um, in a single operation. So it has advantages uh, over conventional manufacturing that are, for example, flexible, versatile, that can optimize the use of material produce make-to-order component and support repairs. But it has also some drawbacks as it's a fairly new technology. So there is a lot of variability depending on the machines and the control over the mechanical performances needs to be assessed almost on a case-to-case -case basis. So that is why we had to think a bit differently for the um, acceptation of this technology uh, in the new system of economy that I hope will be circular. Mm. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that sounds really interesting because I was curious why perhaps it wasn't such a mainstream technology given um, the benefits that it seems to be really strongly representing. So it's obviously in its nascent really sort of starting to 
come together in terms of research to support how it could be yeah. taken up by industry. Is that right? Yeah, it's um, it's a little bit different because it, it is different from conventional manufacturing where you have um, a very solid repeatability. Uh, there, there is much more variability. So that means that the standards will look different from what we are used to have from mechanical components that come from traditional uh, casting, machining and all of that. So it requires almost um, a case-to-case basis um, uh, study to uh, ensure that the mechanical performances are reliable for the application wanted uh, by by, by this this topic in particular so yeah yeah okay so there's some some challenges <laughs> there's to overcome. some challenges yeah definitely <laughs> i can hear that so if we're looking at um the research that you're doing i know that a key concept that you have mentioned is that you'll be looking at this circular economy in particular um which from a hero perspective we really love um because obviously for us um the circular economy is a key part of the strengths of of metals mm. um in particular the steel industry, which is a big part of who we represent. I wondered if you could maybe explain what what you would say this would mean um, to different types of industry if we apply the circular economy to their works. Yes, yeah, so uh, the concept that I think is quite easy to, to understand is in, a, in circular economy is whether you have a product or a material, you want to maintain uh, its use at its highest value as long as possible. And when it's not possible, you want to recover value from what is considered still a little bit as waste nowadays. So it's a shift from a linear perspective towards a more circular perspective that asks the question of, um, where is the mutually beneficial value that we could propose? And I believe that we will see more and more um, leasing program or sharing platform or utilities as a service. Uh, it's new ways to create durable and profitable collaboration all along the supply chain down to you, the user who uh, is now invested, I believe, into the environmental impact of their consumption. And this user can be uh, either a member of the public or, or even a private organism. And um, that so, so for me, from my perspective, as I'm looking at materials as uh, steel, stainless steel and things like that, I'm looking at um, avoiding wasting valuable minerals such as nickel, chromium, cobalt, molybdenum, uh, and losing them to downcycling those very highly alloyed steel and trying to find ways to keep them in use at their highest value. So maintaining those valuable minerals in use rather than losing them to uh, to slag when um, uh, processed by EIF furnaces to downcycle. Yes, I mean, I think that that can have really amazing um, possibilities for the industry. And I do like what you're saying there. Um, I think for myself personally, um, designing construction for example with the circular economy in mind is a really important part of us really thinking about the material um, for a much longer period than just this particular building for example Mm. you know what is the potential of it in the future at the end of the life of that particular building can we track it can we reuse it can we recycle it Mm -hmm. Um, it's a really exciting prospect because it means that that material has so much more to give than just 
what it's being currently used for. So it sounds really amazing. How do you see additive manufacturing supporting the circular economy of the metallic materials that you're looking into? So, well, at the moment, it does not yet, uh, but I am investigating the present and future potential for its democratization, it needs affordability. Um, uh, yes, I'm, I'm looking for this mutually beneficial value proposition where we could find ways to extend the product lifetime by sharing a common, um, a common uh, local repair workshop or by locally refurbishing or remanufacturing replacement parts, for example, which would um, decrease the reliance on the global market or increase the resilience of the whole industrial network. But I just started, so um, I don't yet have a, a final answer to that question. <laughs> we're, we're seeking the answer. Yes, that's it. <laughs> totally. So how then would you say that we would need to shift towards a circular economy benefit from or how how you would say the circular economy would benefit from collaborative work then between industry and academia academia to perhaps help mm-hmm. um, investigate that particular point yeah. um, for the benefit of circular economy I definitely believe that um, a collaboration with academia is in, interesting in many levels uh, first uh, because you have the opportunity to ask for the development of a case-by-case solution. So if you come with a a technical issue or a need to develop something new, you can have a PhD student or a master's student working with you and for you to develop this solution. And this provides the student with real-life case study that is involved with a lot of training, for example, mechanical testing training. And all of this knowledge as well that go down to even new students are learning uh, new good industrial practices such as data collection, tracking, um, design for disassembly, life cycle planning, but also the very important transmission of information once that you've tracked all the data, all the materials, all, all the value that is currently present in your product, you need to pass it on to the next person. So this is part of um, uh, of how do you feed a, a learning system to to help the circular economy emerge, so basically by education, I believe. Yes, I think um, sometimes there has been a disconnect between industry and academia. Um, I think a lot of the times, you know, um, research and the work that you do is so involved and deep that sometimes it's misunderstood by industry Um, and there's that sort of disconnect between understanding what each other's trying to do so one of the things I did hear you mention was looking at how it can become affordable to Mm. to do this type of work Um, and I think that's also another way in which we can see industry and academia come together by sort of understanding the pain points of industry Mm. and then um seeing how research like this can actually have better impacts in terms of productivity, um, affordability, Mm. and any of those sorts of aspects Mm. in terms of um, real world, I guess, impacts on the industry. Mm. So Mm. it's, it's quite an exciting way in which you're starting to develop your research. What would you say, MS, um, are the tools that can be used then to quantify the impact of metals on the environment um, as part of this work? So as, as a tool, what I was very curious to learn about was a life cycle assessment. It's a tool that is widely discussed nowadays and it helps really quantify the impact of any process or product or supply chain onto the environment. So I wanted to use it um, 
at the beginning of a project to ensure that what my idea would make sense in in an ecological point of view but it can it can be used in different ways for example uh, very few items i think are required now to display an environmental product declaration where they they, they should mention in quantities with quantifiable data um they should transmit this information but on a voluntary basis i think it's important to have industry that are get invested and involved into this quantifying of their current process and what they could improve and if they've done the improvement how they can market it somehow because it's not only i'm not a marketing expert but it's also passing the information to the next person if the user is the next person they also have the right to be informed of and to make um, informed decision of what they want to choose as uh, a product or a supply or a service and uh, I think life cycle assessment is a great tool for, for this type of different things. Yes, yeah, so I know that Hera has looked quite a lot into the life cycle and analysis that is certainly a big part of the circular economy and that concept around cradle to cradle to cradle mm -hmm. for steel. Um, so I, I think definitely tools like these are really important ones to use. I don't know that often people quite understand the concept of the life cycle analysis in particular. When you're talking about that, what are you really meaning? Uh, so th there we enter the complexities. So it depends <laughs> on which uh, section you are looking at. So what point of view are adopting? Are you going cradle for cradle? Are you going from gate to 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 um, plate gate. <laughs> um, so, so there is there is different uh, portion of uh, a life cycle that you study depending on who you are as a stakeholder. Uh, uh, me apparently, um, um, my 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 topic was. Uh, looking at overlooking at the whole life cycle but right now i'm focusing a little bit more on the aspect of mm. end of life and trying to um to see if it makes sense to to keep it as a new material to reintroduce it as new or or does the does the market is not yet ready to receive this um this technology or that that's what i'm trying to 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 measure yes <laughs> And so how would you say that this work could be impactful for the wider metals industry? I guess both for here in Aotearoa, New Zealand, but also globally as well. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry, Greg. Go. <laughs> uh, so um, this study is just an investigation into how to optimise the management of finite natural resources such as nickel, chromium, molybdenum and all that as prescribed by the guidance of the United Nations. So I, I just noted some goals from the United Nations that um, the goal number nine state, uh, build resilient infrastructure, promote inclusive, sustainable industrialization and foster innovation and goal 12 mention ensure a sustainable consumption and production patterns. So it, um, it is a global a question that is really much present in the scientific community and in every society nowadays. So it's just a new a new take or an approach that has been put, perhaps it's also investigated somewhere else, I'm sure, um, yes, around the topic of uh, the circular economy of metallic materials. Yes, well, New Zealand definitely has some ambitions to be zero carbon, and these are some of the concepts in which we are investigating to see how the steel industry can um, decarbonise itself and what we can do to think about our materials and the impacts it has on the environment. And I, I really... 
um, I really like the idea of investigating end of life and understanding what a material would do at the end of its life. Um, as I mentioned before, you know, it's often that we just think about the carbon impacts of the here and now, for example, for our industry a lot, it's in the buildings, but there is some really important um, works that need to be done in understanding Module D in terms of end of life. So I think it's a really exciting place mm. for our industry to sort of explore a little bit more about and mm. understand how it could be um, part of the sustainable credentials of the industry mm. as, as a core benefit. Mm. Um, I wonder then, so you obviously mentioned right at the beginning that you have come from England but are from France. So what brought you here to Aotearoa? So that is very funny. Um, I forgot to bring my pepper. <laughs> <laughs> I have, um, um, it, it, is, it is a long personal story, so it's very intricate to my, my personal um, humanness. <laughs> but uh, I think that what really drives me throughout my life and through my decisions, it's mainly my core values. So I wouldn't settle for something that wasn't that wasn't satisfying to my values and my ethics. And I just um, came across uh, New Zealand as a country. And the more I learn about Maori culture and the ethics around Maori culture and how it's been, um, it, it's been made its way up to the state and up to the conversation within organization is greatly satisfying to me because it, it it is in accordance as well with what I deeply believe and I deeply, I deeply believe that we should have this conversation in every organization and companies having ethics because we humans so even if we are part of an organization we still are human part of a, an organization and we have the consequences of the actions of any organization on this planet so having um, a discussion of, around values and ethics is important and I think it's even more important in the next generation. And I think we are ready to accept uh, a proposition from a company that is that has decided on, on very strong values of protection of the environment to, to propose a certain scheme that is different from what we have known so far and just to shift from to, towards a new type of economy that I, I believe would be more supportive, collaborative and protective of the environment and the people. That would be great. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I think uh, you couldn't have said anything more be better to end the podcast. I, I'm very passionate. I'm Māori myself. And um, yeah, we one of our core values is to be kaitiaki of the environment or guardians of the environment. Um, so there are certainly some strong alignments between culture mm -hmm. and the um, quest to protect the environment for our future generations. Mm. Um, so I really love that. Mm. Thank you so much for your time and for sharing your expertise. I certainly wish you all the best for your research Thank you so as much you begin. Oh. Um, and yes, I, I can't wait to hear how things track and how it might impact our, our industry. I'll be very happy to, to catch up. Thank you again. So there you go. Thanks for joining our conversation with Marie Salome today. If you'd like to connect more with her, you'll find her details in the show notes. I'm always excited to hear how metals research is leading to new ways in which we can do better for the world and the environment, particularly in such innovative ways. Our industry really has a role to play in our zero carbon future through Industry 4.0 approaches. 
food for thought till we see you next time so hit subscribe and if you like what you heard today please like review or share with any metalheads you know let's spread the word if you liked what you heard today you may be interested to find out more about heroes focus on industry 4.0 and the key research facilities, support and partnerships we have been developing to help our members and wider industry take advantage of the opportunities that Industry 4.0 represents. You'll find details in the show notes.